Hey guys, Tucker here, co-host of the Portland Real Estate Podcast. Before we get into this week's show, I wanted to let you know that we're currently looking for more projects. So for any of you guys that listen to the show that may be an agent or otherwise that have a property that you're looking to sell, we'd love to hear from you. Obviously, we're looking to purchase properties that are maybe not best suited for the retail market or maybe they need to be redeveloped. So we do renovations and we do new construction so we could buy an existing home that maybe it smells like cigarette smoke, maybe it hasn't been updated in decades, maybe it's got some fun functional issues, some problems like that, or maybe it's just in an area that is best suited to take the house down, partition the lot, maybe build a couple new homes, or just build one new home in its place, and anything in between. So if you guys out there in Listenerland have anything that would be best suited selling to a development company like ours, we'd love to hear from you. You can go to our website, which is ttmdevelopmentcompany.com, and when you go there, there's a contact us tab. Click on that, and you can send us a message, and we'll get back to you shortly thereafter. We'd love to hear from any of you guys out there that have a property like this, and hopefully we we can do a deal together. This is the Portland Real Estate Podcast, your number one place for anything you need to know about the Portland real estate market, along with in-depth interviews from our local real estate industry experts. Now, without further ado, here are our hosts, Tucker Merrihue from TTM Development Company and Steve Nassar from Premier Property Group. All right, everybody out there in listener land, welcome back to episode 99. That's right, we're close to number 100 of the Portland Real Estate Podcast. We're back this week. I know we've taken a few weeks off, but we wanted to wait for a big event to happen for us to have another show, and it has, so we're back, and I'm back here in our virtual studios with my co-host, Mr. Steve Nassar. What's up, steve Hey, Tucker. Good to be back on the show. We just saw each other, I guess... A week ago, actually. Can you believe how time has flown? It was at the block party. Awesome, awesome event. That's basically what the entire show is about today. Here we are. We're in the dog days of summer. Really, really hot out. Everybody's tan. By the way, I just did a piece on this to my database, my client database. I, I sent an e-newsletter e out and had a few topics, but do you know why they call it the dog days of summer? Uh, I don't, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> It has nothing to do with dogs. It has nothing to do with lazy days. It's actually, it goes all the way back to Greek origin. The dog star is the Cirrus star, and it's the brightest star in the sky. And at this time of year, it, it does something special that they, they, they classified as the, the dog days of summer. So it has to do with the celestial stars is what it has to do with. But it's a okay. pretty well-known term that kind of signifies those hottest days of late July, August. And here we are. I like it. I was Where's my actually, fun factoid? <laughs> I like it. Well, here, I got a fun factoid for you. I couldn't record yesterday, which although you probably couldn't either, because I was on the uh, floating the Umpqua, which it was hot down there. Uh, I'm a little red in the face because uh, it gets a little a little bright on that water, and I'm, I'm a little whiter than uh, you are, so I get my skin <laughs> is a little more sensitive, but uh, I do have a nice, uh, it'll turn into a nice tan eventually, but the fun factoid is I caught the biggest fish that uh, that guy had caught uh, in a very long time, a 20-inch smallmouth bass. So, wow. Where's the Umqua? It's southern Oregon, right? Yeah, just north of Roseburg slightly is where we went in. Uh -huh. uh, but from a guy that I go on an annual trip with my dad, and I'm not like, you know, 
super fisherman by any means. It's more of I just didn't think so. All the time. Yeah, I, I'm like, yeah, about fishing. But from yeah. a guy that's meh about fishing to set a record like that, I was like, yeah, there you go, uh, right? You know, you could get into fishing big time if, if you kind of ha- started having that kind of success, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been fishing my whole life. I just, you know, there's some things you tolerate. <laughs> there's some things yeah. you really like. I, I totally tolerate. get it. So totally I've, I've gone fishing a few times. It's not my, you know, it's not my go-to thing. It, it usually takes somebody like, like your dad in your case or somebody, somebody in your life that you want to spend some time with that that's really their thing. And you're like, okay, I'll do that. Yeah. yeah. Kind of my thing. But anyway, I've got a cool picture. So the memory will forever live on. And I set a record. So awesome. But, uh, awesome. dog days of summer, it was hot out there. Got a nice tan. And uh, as you mentioned, everybody's tan because it's that time of year, at least if you're outside. Yeah. So, but we're here to talk about the big event that happened last week. And of course it goes on for the next month. One that I did six years ago that I will never, ever do again. (laughs) Really? I remember when we interviewed Randy Sebastian on this podcast, I swear he said he was never going to do it again. Remember? Didn't he say that? We need to go back through the archives. Dan, help us on that one. We might need to see if he said that. Um, Because I purposefully asked. I said, hey, you've done some Street of Dreams. Do you have any intention? He's like, (laughs) he basically said exactly what you just said. Yeah, and sure enough, here he was this year with a with a great house in it. Um, yeah, so. yeah, he's uh the Randy, the friend of the pod, is uh he he might have gone back on what he told us, but uh, you know things change. I, I, I think they do. I th- I predict you will do another one. Just yeah. so you know, that's where I'm going with that whole yeah. thing. We, uh, <laughs> we, I mean, we, everybody asks, they always ask, but uh, you know at this point. It's a lot of work, man. At the end of the day, it's a lot more fun to go and be a spectator at the block party and critique other people rather than be critiqued and go through all the work. So, um, you know, I just I enjoy the party. You know, I will say this year was the as a collective group, the drunkest that I've seen in a long time. <laughs> there was a lot was a of lot. leopard. A lot of leopard print out that night. And there was a, I heard some wild stories about hot tubs and clothes <laughs> off and <laughs> all kinds of stuff so i don't know maybe one of our listeners is one of those people maybe not but uh it was as a collective group i was like man people are really tying one on tonight maybe it was the weather i, I don't know it was, it was the perfect temperature do you remember last year how hot it was it was crazy hot yeah i um, think that the, the hillsboro one it was it was too hot like we uh pre-funked at one of one of our friends that lives out that way and no one would go in the backyard they had a beautiful backyard and everybody was just hovering inside the air condition we went from there straight to the street of dreams so obviously that wasn't quite as easy to do there you know we've said this in the past we this is now gosh what our fourth street of dreams tucker at least and i've often likened it to the Super Bowl of real estate here in Portland. It's really where everybody brings their best out. The builders, the designers, the architects, the stagers. And, you know, arguably, I would hope the realtors who are listing these are bringing out their best marketing and putting their best foot forward too. So, and it becomes just such a great spectator sport for that reason. Everyone wants to come see what everybody's best is and what they're doing. And and I saw a lot of new trends that I'm excited to talk about. So it was a reoccurring one. I'll see if you picked it up as well, uh, but uh, we'll see. We'll Does see. it have to do with uh, powder baths? Uh, no, it has to do with doors. Uh, oh, but, okay. But we'll we'll see. Uh, my, mine is wallpaper and the powder baths. Wallpaper is uh, coming back. But. Uh, it's been back, but uh, yeah. there were some interesting prints, uh, we'll say. Uh, but yeah. anyway, uh, we'll, we'll get into all of that. But before we do, any uh, anything that you should update our listeners on that's going on in uh, PPG land or just the world of being a super realtor? 
Not really. Not really. Let's get into the meat potatoes. I know okay. you guys get going in we'll 30 minutes. That. Nobody cares anyway, right? Nobody <laughs> cares what's going on with us. Let's talk That's about what's boring. Really boring. boring. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the overall location first. Before we dive into lots and homes, let's talk about, you know, what was it called? Stafford something in Wilsonville, right? Well, Frog Pond Church was the so it's like Frog Pond something I believe um, uh, it was the development, but it's a three. So I talked to the one of the guys from West Hills Development afterwards, and they they're doing the whole thing. It's about three hundred twenty lots in total, uh, from what I got. And um, oh, it's gonna, big, yeah, yeah, it's big, and they're yeah. going to build it out in phases. And so they carved off I don't know whatever seven or eight lots here. Um, their Street of Dreams lots are on the street um, of Street of Dreams homes. But then they're going to continue to build it out in phases. And they said they were going to build the whole thing. So, um, you know, they got backing there. They've got some financial muscles, so I'm sure they will. But uh, I don't know how long it's going to take them to build the whole thing out. But the location is basically right. If you know where Wilsonville High School is, you go out of the Wilsonville High School, you hang a right, you go down past Beckman Creek, you'll meander past, a, a, you know, 90s-ish, early 2000s subdivision on the left, some multifamily on the right. And then you'll hit a stop sign and then straight ahead, kind of catty corner to the left is that chunk of land. Yeah. It's called Stafford Meadows in Wilsonville. There you um, go. Is the name of this year's Street of Dreams. Here's what I'll say, Tucker. First of all, the lots are small. You, we got to get that out there. And that that's going to hamper my affection for this year's, unfortunately. There was one large lot, and we'll get to that one specifically. But other than that, they were pretty, pretty postage stampish considering it was a street of dreams. So that was, a, that was a negative for the overall. That said, I am a fan of Wilsonville. I honestly think if you take the suburbs of the metro area, it's, it's definitely in my top three, maybe definitely five, maybe even three, along with Westland and Lake Oswego. I've spent quite a bit of time there in a past life when I was a clock puncher and had an actual you know eight to five job. I, I worked in Wilsonville for about five, six years. That was in the late 90s. So I spent a lot of time there and I've watched it grow up and I've watched them add amenity after amenity. It's got a great industrial area. It's got lots of jobs. It's got lots of really cool amenities down to silly things like bullwinkles and, you know, just uh, nurseries and, and I don't know, just great restaurants. And, and it's pretty self-sufficient. They've got a they've got a thriving auto sales industry there. So the one negative I'll say about Wilsonville when I talk to clients is as of right now, here now today, it the traffic does kind of suck right there on I-5. I think they're fixing that. And if that does help, that'll be great. It's on the river, just like Westland and Lake Oswego. It's on I-5. It's, you know, it's traffic aside, it's a nice straight shot into downtown Portland. And, and I will and, correct you briefly, though. The traffic doesn't kind of suck. It like, <laughs> really sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does. That's probably the only negative thing I have to say about Wilsonville. And it does have some nice real estate, obviously want river properties on both sides of the river. I think it was a great location, far better in my opinion than, than Hillsboro. I get a lot less excited about Hillsboro from a standpoint of high end homes. I get more nervous in Hillsboro that that community doesn't support high end million plus homes. Whereas Wilsonville, I have no worries there. So what else do you have about the overall location, Tucker? You know, I think it's, it's one of those locations that's going to fill in and connect, right? You've got Wilsonville to the Stafford area to Tualatin. So, you know, that Stafford area it's highly desirable for kind of country-esque feel. You're on the edge. You know, there's a lot of like rolling hills and, yeah. you know, things like that. I, I actually went to Beckman Creek, that elementary school, the first year that it was open, 
when I moved here from the lovely Aloha. So <laughs> from Hawaii? <laughs> <laughs> no, the other Aloha. Um, but uh, so I, I've seen Wilsonville grow a lot as well. It used to, you know, everybody used to shuttle to Westland High School. They had Wood Middle School, and it was a long haul, and it was it was just very different. They had a Denny's, and that was about it, um, and a grocery store. And now they've got all kinds of things. So, you know, it's it's grown up a lot. It's, I think it's got the biggest Subaru dealership on the planet there at this point, uh, which is, you know, something to something to be seen if you haven't. You drive by, you know, down I-5 South, it's on the right side. Um, they got a lot going on there. So it's definitely yeah. a good location. I think that the lot, here's the challenge, right? The challenge, and everybody knows this, so it's not like this is something that uh, is a critique that nobody's aware of, but you've got a 320-lot subdivision. All of the other lots are probably going to be about the same size lots, right? So... As a from a builder perspective, you are now and the the price of the other homes that are going to get built out. My guess is probably eight nine hundred thousand. That's probably where they're going to land. So it's a little more affordable, kind of fringe Wilsonville housing. Um, maybe they push it a touch more, but I don't think you know eight nine hundred thousand is probably the sweet spot there for new construction on those types of lots. And so now you've got homes that are you know six houses, five houses, whatever. Um, within a street, within a subdivision that then you're going to try and market them for substantially more than that because they've got some more amenities. That's the challenge from a builder perspective for me. That's why I, when we did Street of Dreams, we did it on one street. It was Stonehenge Terrace. And if you still go by Stonehenge Terrace, it is super Mac Daddy. Like yeah. I buy it yesterday and it's like, there's a who's who of who lives on there. And there's like nine houses and that's it. That's it. Yeah. There's nothing else. Right. And so that's why we did it that year. Cause I was like, that this was a is a, a street of dreams location. Like this yeah. is what it is. This is what it's Absolutely. meant to be. And I understand the challenges on the HBA side and, and trying to find land and places to do it. It's not easy. Right. So no places. Um, but the challenge then, if you do pick a location like this is that it kind of pushes the challenges onto the builders because now you're building a home that's show worthy, right? Cause you need it, people to be oohed and odd a little bit, but you're doing it within a 320 lot subdivision or what will be a 320 lot subdivision, kind of like what happened last year in um, uh, Hillsborough, except there's no golf course. Right. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's the challenge for me uh, in terms of where it, it's located. It's a great location for where people want to have quality of life and live. But if you look at it from a show perspective and the price points that come along with show homes, a little challenging. That would scare the you know what out of me to build a house um, in there. It, it really would because I would think we would be taking a big risk financially uh, to kind of swing for that type of price point. And it was on a little bit of a busy street on both sides. Um, yeah, there was a couple that back to a busy street. Yeah, um, a lot number four or house number yeah. four back to a Beckman Road. Yeah. Uh, yeah definitely you know a lot of people were half drunk at the block print i probably didn't realize that uh because they did a nice job of putting up some landscaping back there but it you know that's a high traffic street big cut through um yeah you know, the, the other road um as well stafford you know it backs up because people are trying to get around i-5 so you got traffic on both sides there's no question during heavy traffic hours yep yep yeah so i mean again i guess to sum it up my i like wilsonville as a, as a community, this site itself was, eh, I mean, it was just, I mean, there was no views. There wasn't really, you know, anything per se that was a great draw there. And you made a good point last year, say what you want about Hillsboro. A lot of those houses had some gorgeous, I remember when the sun was going down, you, I could see some, you know, some golf carts going out there and you could just saw this beautiful golf course in the back. So there were just, wasn't that draw to this here this year. So that was a challenge. And I, and I totally get it from, from the builder standpoint of, 
you know, risk that they were willing to take and shooting up, running up the price point. Um, and they didn't, did we, did anything exceed 2 million? I don't think so. No, I don't believe so. I think the highest was somewhere. I think Renaissance 1.8 was, um, Red Hills. One was undisclosed. Yeah, I don't think there was anything in the two millions. So no, I think one one eight one nine. I think Renaissance is at one eight one nine. If a memory serves, I looked at it before the block party. Um, but uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how they sell. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, I mean, you know, you can build a show house, you can have a great time, but financially, it has to make some sense. Whether it be from a branding perspective, whether it be from a future business perspective, or whether it just be from a profitability perspective. And I don't know, you know, these builders, they might be blending the three of those um, to kind of make it. And there's also a little bit of thing called ego sprinkled on top, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of guys do it every year. Um, so, you know, you, you blend all that together and then they make a decision based on that risk and kind of those factors. But you know, that's the location. So, you know, it is what it is. It's a great area, but it's got some challenges for Street of Dreams type of show, um, mm -hmm. especially based on lot size. So that, you know, I think that's a pretty good synopsis for our listeners for the area. When we go into the show, so let's maybe talk about the houses within the show. What was your initial take? I'll let you kick it off. Uh, we can kind of go through houses one, two, three, four, five, six, if you want, um, or however you want to talk about it. But I've got them queued up here, so maybe. Okay. Yeah, I've got. I took. I went back, by the way, uh, Monday for Realtor Day, and I and I I was there for two, three hours, and I I did tour every home again, and I I I had my little book here with my notes. You can see. Um, so I'm, I'm fully ready for this. So yeah, I mean, generally around about the houses, I, 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 I really, really wanted one to have a swimming pool. Um, when I'm, when I'm going to the street of dreams and you know, you're, you're at the, the super bowl of real estate here in Portland, you really want something exciting that, that you can, that can really encapsulate that. And to me, a great house I mean, make no mistake. The, the quality of the houses is fine. There's there's nothing wrong with the houses, the construction, the amenities. There's plenty to, to be talking about there. But when you're spending big bucks or and you're and you're having a, a an event like this, I just like to see. I like to either see um, a, a swimming pool, which, by the way, the great thing about pools is not just the, the the usage of it, but pools create a great view, a great backdrop to houses, especially at night. You have the lights on it. I like to see a great view of sorts, uh, some kind of great water feature or something. And there just really wasn't anything that wowed to that effect. In fact, like I said before, most of the lots were really small. You know, house number one, Tucker, was Red Hills Construction. I think it was my favorite. Um, it, was a it was a custom, by the way, because I talked to the guy there for a little bit. I had a few questions about the, some of the quirkiness of it. Um, but it is a custom. So we can't, I just want to put that disclaimer out there. I can't blame him for some of the quirkiness. It was the, what the actual owners wanted. Really? I actually liked a lot about it. Here's kind of some of the notes I have. And, and by the way, Renaissance was right there with it. It was pretty, it was a, it was a pretty great house as well. I put those two as my top two. I liked the water feature. It had a really nice, great room. You know what? I might be... I'm numbering them the way that I viewed them, but that's not how they're numbered. Um, number three, the Meadow West Hills was was my favorite, I think. Okay, number three would sorry, be... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So number one, Red Hills, that was the one that didn't have doors into the master suite. It yeah. It was open, yeah. and I was like, what in the world? It, what In what kind of world do you want to live in where you don't have doors to your master suite? And so I found, I tracked the guy down there, the builder who was walking through the house, and I said, hey, um, 
you realize you don't have doors, right? <laughs> just a big open. And you didn't even leave a place to really easily frame indoors based on the way that they did it. There was just kind of this alcove area. And uh, he was like, yep, it's an older couple. It's just them. And they just don't want doors. And so there you go. So it's what the, it's what they wanted. But I actually thought that house from an exterior perspective, um, I liked it. I thought they did some good things. They had kind of a you know multi-car uh, garage. I think it was either a two or three car on the left side. I don't remember exactly. I'll look at the plan here. Uh, looks like it, yeah, two cars. So three cars in total. Um, it was it was nice. It was uh, I like the exterior more than I like the interior, uh, but I like the overall design of that house and it it flowed pretty well. Yeah, so very sorry. Number three was what I was counting as number one. So this is number one. This is the one on the other street. There was two on the other street. And uh, this one, this one wasn't, it wasn't terrible, but it definitely wasn't my favorite. I like the water feature. I put that in here. Nice, great room. It had two outdoor areas or two large doors to the outside, which kind of gave it a cool flow. And that was um, number three is the meadow from West Hills Homes Northwest, the white farmhouse. Yeah. Yep. 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 And we'll get to that one here in a little bit. There was a lot of innovation on Red Hills. Bespoke is number one. Like they had, did you notice in the hallways, like the ceilings were rounded? I did um, like that. Upstairs they had, um, and they lined it with a little tongue and groove. Um, and they painted it white. It was a cool feature. I did like that. I saw it and I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, so they did They did do some detail stuff that I, I did enjoy. They had herringbone inlay in their ceilings. The game The game room upstairs was really cool. It was. It was a good game room. I like that a lot about it. I didn't like that it had no privacy. When you were in the backyard, the house behind you just looked straight at you. It reminded me of, you know, four or five hundred thousand dollar houses I sell in Hillsboro. You know, I'm not trying to be mean here, but you know, you're you're spending a lot of money. One point eight million dollars on a house. I would hope you have a little bit of privacy, and and that was just an unfortunate component of the site itself. But yeah, no, that one was a that one was a, a decent house. It was a decent house, and I felt like. I felt like they brought some some game to the Street of Dreams. They they definitely weren't just rinsing and repeating what they've been doing, and but they were trying to go. What can we do that's new and cool and people, you know, take a little risk with our house? And I think they I think they nailed some of those. For sure, I and I, so I agree. I agree. I like the metal roof details up front. They did some things. The color combos I thought were good, but yeah, privacy was going to be a challenge there to defend the builder. You know, it's a custom, right? So the yeah, they're building it with somebody else's money. So if they're yeah. okay with no privacy, they're okay with no privacy. Would I like that for one point eight million dollars? Uh, no, but they did. So you know, good for them. So, Let's go on to number two. Yeah, number two is a whoo. It's a it's a heater. Let's belly talk about flop. The, belly the, flop. The generations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and I got the skinny on this one too. So I'll wait to drop that. But well, I think I know it too. Yeah, I think okay. I know it too. I think this is the person that owned all the land and sold it, and then they built their own house, right? They did, and they also have a uh, a son who is a gamer uh, that they built a wing for, which yeah. normally I would make fun of gamers, but I guess the Fortnite World Championships just happened. Some kid that was like 18 years old or less uh, won $3 bucks. So I saw that. Maybe, yeah. maybe gaming, yeah. I shouldn't make fun of it anymore because uh, they're doing all right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I actually saw that on about this. This generation's house was on. I was at the gym last Friday, in the morning. You know, good day, Oregon or something. I was. I was on the. Uh, the Joe B. Joe B. was that? there. Joe B. was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. On, I was on the uh, treadmill, and I'm. I've got. And I was just kind of reading the captioning, but they talked about that 
It's called Generations because there's two generations living in that house. It was built for dual living, but it was disappointing in almost every way. I'm sorry. There's <laughs> not a nice a way harsh to say statement. it. Woo. It was dark. I felt like we were stepping back into 2005 finishes, like dark floors, dark cabinets, just a dark house. I think I told you when I saw you there, I was like, I think 1992 called and they want their house back. (laughs) (laughs) The one thing I'll say positive about it was I liked the, the circular driveway off street parking. I mean, I thought it had a nice approach that that's probably about the only good thing that I really have to say about that. I saw, unfortunately, and uh, Chris Mertens, who was there, who did the landscaping for that one. And I was like, Chris, what's up with all the bark dust, man? Like literally, I don't know if you noticed, but it was like bark dust from every bit of that front of the house was just pure bark dust. And he was like, well, it's an older gal and she just doesn't want to take care of anything. So I was like, well, I guess that explains that. But then I got the the skinny on the, the gal. Did you know that, Somehow she managed to put a well in for that house. And no. so she's going to be on well, even though that entire neighborhood is on city water. So there's some strange things with that house on many levels. Um, yeah. But it, I guess I guess it, this, it, it goes to say that, you know, you would think being in the street of dreams is a privilege, not a right. But I guess if you own the land and you go, hey, I get to be in it if you want the, the rest of it, it, it is a right in that case. And. And so they built their Street of Dreams house, and guess what? We have the right to critique it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I scratched my head on that one. I mean, just from a non, you know, just we'll pretend that I'm not being an ass perspective, right? I'm just <laughs> judging it and just being, you know, uh, critical as I would be of any of our own houses if we bought a house that we needed to renovate like this, right? Um, you know, the floor plan was just very challenging, and I know, you know, there were other ones in the past that have had generational type floor plans. Um, I was just really confused by this floor plan. Like it just was like, you know, you walk from one kitchen into the game room, which has another kitchen, which then has like a yoga room, which then goes to another. It just was like, I don't know. It confused me and uh, it works for them, which is great. But on a resale level, like this is a very confusing house. You kind of like scratch your head and go, I I need to go through it again, but I really don't want to see those 90s cabinets again, so I'm just going to kind of go to the next house. And that's pretty yeah. much what I did. So When I was leaving, I saw a couple of people I knew coming in, and I go, be prepared to be very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to number three. Okay, so number three now is what I probably would say, and it's not like head and shoulders above. I, I don't want to convey that it's like by far away the runaway favorite, but I think I think it, it ultimately checked all the boxes for me and, and was my favorite. Here's a trend that I'll I'll pick up on and 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 talk about white and black. That's I, I mean, and I, I'm not saying that's brand new, but that it's been out there for a little while. But I think this year, Street of Dreams really there was at least three homes that were white and black exteriors, and they all look good. And I think don't be surprised as we move forward in the next few years if we start to see a lot more of that a lot more builders doing that and a lot more people with resale homes going repainting them in in these tones because i think it's a it's a good sharp look and i think it's in big time now what do you think tucker well i'll let you let you in on a little trade secret um the our kind of modern farmhouse look homes like that which is basically what they're going for um they sell for more and they sell faster so um you know if you're selling into trends Right now, that's a trend. Um, we have been executing it on our renovation style homes um, or our renovation homes so that we can kind of 
provide that product to a lesser expensive price point to people than new construction because most of it's all new construction um and they've been flying off the shelf so yeah, yeah it's it's a style that people want and uh it's hot 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 right now yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I saw this was one where I made the notation wallpapers coming back in a big way. You know, for 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 years now, when we go into a home, a resale home and there's wallpaper, the, you know, the buyers kind of cursing it and talking about like how how the heck do we get that off there and stuff and and so it it really hasn't been around for a while, but it's it's starting to come back. Not, you know, not in the same way. Fashions and trends don't come back exactly like they were before. There, people aren't necessarily doing entire huge rooms with it, but powder baths. We saw it in a lot of the powder baths. You know what and, shouldn't come back? Mom jeans. That was a bad <laughs> idea. That's a bad idea. No, yeah. <laughs> MC Hammer pants. What about those? Uh, they haven't come back yet. But yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I, I made a notation about that. I love the finishes in this house. I just thought it was a great flow, good floor plan. Um, they had some distressed wood panels in there. I saw a few. I saw a few homes that had like a distressed um, flooring and a and, and distressed uh, in a in a different way, not the same kind we had, you know, ten years ago, but a, but kind of a, a new um, resurgence of that. They had a good TV setup, Tucker. You they know, we we've, we've talked about a lot of bad homes, you know, in the past where the t they did not think through where to put the TV. I, I, I wrote here, good TV setup. Like it, they had actually thought it through. In fact, if I remember correctly, they actually didn't center the fireplace. Normally people center the fireplace in the great room or, you know, in the living room area. They actually had the fireplace a little offset so that there was a built-in for a big built-in that could house the TV in the center of the room. So they had kind of, uh, kind of thought through that one. And there were uh, a couple homes that did not. <laughs> so as I walked through, I was yeah. like, why did they not? Um, so that, that did happen. But They, they had a key done. in the island. I put I, I made a notation about that. Um, the the <laughs> island in the kitchen was not just your, your conventional island, but it had a tea to it that was kind of cool, gave you more space to use. Great kitchen. Um, really like that house. Um, it's on the market. I don't know. I, I'm assuming it's on the market. It says one set, 1,795,000 here. So they did a yeah. cool, I think that was the house. They did a cool, um, kind of faux brick wall on the master, um, behind the bed, which I thought was neat. Um, good design touch. Um, so they, they I thought they did a good job in that house. Um, yeah. it was, it was well done and well executed, and uh, it's obviously I think it's going to be a challenge to sell that for 1.7 million some change. But I think the house itself they did well. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Um, you I'm can save, of, you can save it for when we get to it if 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 you do. You know, I I only had one beer while I was there, so <laughs> I, I was of sound mind and body while I was and uh and I was eating all the free food, which was great by the way. They had some <laughs> awesome barbecue. That guy, I got his card at the entry. Whew, oh yeah. Oh, I'm going to have him cater something because that dude had some good barbecue. But, um, you know, I, I'm kind of split. I didn't have a runaway favorite. Let's put it okay. that way. Um, okay. I thought this was a very good house uh, for what they were trying to do. And, um, you know, it was definitely one that I thought was – if they're in the better category, this was in a better category. Yeah. Let's go to number four. That's the West Hills Homes La Maison or something like that. It's the one that backs to the busy road. Great curb appeal. I love the copper roof. The little, um, what do you call that? 
Tucker, you got a picture of it there? I mean, yeah, it's, it's copper roof. I believe they did copper. If they did, they spent a fortune on it. So uh, it's, you know, I mean, a portion that. of it is copper. I just the entryway, the area over the entryway was copper, and it had a really sharp look. Good cur curb appeal. Um, let's see. Uh, one trend I noticed, Tucker, and I wrote it on a couple of the houses, and this was one of them. You know how for years, and, and maybe I'm wrong here, but it feels like this is new. Um, for years, outdoor living has been around for a long time. That's not new. But for a long time, what you would have is the back of the house. You would have a wall with big doors that opened up. What I'm seeing more of now is there's corners to that. In other words, you've got you've got two doors. One goes this way. One goes that way. So you have a big corner of that is going out to the house. And I saw that in several houses. And it was just an interesting observation I made. Um, yeah, that was the biggest observation that I made as well. A lot of them had it to outdoor living area. One had it actually to the den, um, or the office. So it was kind of like, a they executed it there. So that was kind of the reoccurring new thing that they were doing. It's, it's not a cheap thing to do because you yeah, generally bring in steel beams, um, in order to carry the load to be able to do yeah. that. Cause normally the corners of the walls, there are going to carry a big load for the house. Um, so if you don't have those corners, um, you know, with uh, framings and footings and whatnot, you've got to be able to kind of spread that load out. And the only way to do it is with steel beams. And so there was a lot of extra money spent on framing um, and material in order to make that happen in a lot of cases. So just for our listeners to understand. But, yeah, that was a, a definitely a trend that I saw in virtually every house in one place or another, with the exception yeah. of the generational house. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, in my notes, I put fairly basic, but price reflects that. You know, it's probably the least expensive. It's one point one nine five million. Um, it was the smallest, I think. It was twenty seven hundred nine twenty seven hundred square feet. That's pretty small, almost twenty eight hundred square feet, I should say. Um. I liked the backyard. I liked the outdoor area. If I'm not mistaken, I think it had um, a water feature back there. It also um, back to uh, the busy road. It so does back to the busy road, yep. It had wallpaper in the powder bath as well. Which, by but, the way, that was pretty bad wallpaper, I might opinion. Yeah, and, and speaking of bad wallpaper, um, I, made a, I made a notation here. In the master bedroom, right above the bed, there was wallpaper in, a, in a, like an inlay there. And you, there was massive seams that you could see on it. It did not look well done. And I, was I, I saw that seam actually, and I was like, ah, they didn't hide that seam at all. Yeah, uh, it was, it was probably. I mean, to the builder's defense, you got to build these homes really fast, and they probably will rip that out and redo it at some point. But yeah, that seam was really bad because you're going to be staring right at it yeah. all the time, right? So yeah. it's not yep. one you can hide. Yep. Yeah, it was a little disappointing in that regards, but. So I, I think it's a decent bang for your buck. Again, I mean, you know, it's w this is a different weight class than the other houses, so we have to kind of judge it in that regard. And and they'll probably have an easier time selling it. They 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 kind of did what you said, Tucker. They played it a little safe. They weren't gonna build a two million dollar home surrounded by eight hundred thousand dollar homes. They they pushed it just a little bit, just a little bit above that. So yeah, and I, I gotta get credit it. for that because that that would be how <clears throat> how I would do it for sure. So. Yeah. Um, let's, okay, Renaissance, Randy Sebastian. Woo, we've heard a lot about this house, haven't we? Holy yeah, God. I gotta yeah. Give, I gotta give it to Randy. He's a friend of the pod, so I don't want to say anything bad about him. But, um, he's done a, probably a better job than anybody else that's been in the show as far as getting on social media and understanding the power of social to push their product. 
And, um, you know, he's been out there. I think he's been there all week. And uh, he's been posting pretty much every day something about the house. So I got to give him credit for that. He, he got a lot of buzz going around this house. That and his weightlifting, <laughs> bodybuilding. <laughs> and he, probably he a little bit more about the bodybuilding than, than the house. But he's doing I, a great job of promoting both. That, I, that, think, I think that, he can interweave them. I think he's figured out. He's mastered the art <laughs> of interweaving that. So, yeah. he, is a, he is a master of social media. I will, I will, I will absolutely give him that. I, talk, I actually talked to him a little, quite a bit on Monday when I was there. And, uh, and he, and by the way, he kind of said that he's kind of toning down the, the bodybuilding. He's, he's probably, he's going to obviously keep working out, but he's, he doesn't think he's going to be doing as competitively moving forward. So interesting observation there. Um, no, this was, a, this was a great house. It's again, it's the white and black, um, great garage doors on it. Um, good curb appeal called farm to table notes. I like the black ship lap inside. Um, he did not nail the TV spot, unfortunately. Nope. Nope. Sorry. I noticed that. And that was a that was I went in there and I was like, dang it. If you're gonna go, if you're gonna press that highest price point, like center the damn TV in the room. Yeah. Just yep. do it. And I don't know, maybe there were some challenges and reasons why they didn't, but you gotta overcome those challenges. You gotta center that TV for sure. Yeah. He did some cool innovations. Um I liked so in the bathtub of the master, um, there's that little garden area courtyard that you look at. And then you can also see it from the shower. Yep. And I thought that was pretty cool. I thought it was, it was, it was a neat little, um, and that's when, when I, when I talk straight of dreams, you know, it's not just about the house. It's about the views and what you're looking at. And I thought he, he, he worked with what he had there and did something creative that was cool that added an, an element of wow to the house. I asked him, I, I went over and talked to him. I said, Hey, how do you take care of that area? And he said, there's a little door there from the outside. So you okay. are able to water that and take care of it. It's not just going to die on you. So that was good. I, um, I, did, I did like that. I, I also liked um, the way they did their concrete in the back. I believe they stained it. Um, and I thought that the coloring turned out really nice. So their, their outdoor living area, it gives it kind of a richer look, um, which is nice. They had some cool um, tile in the upstairs, uh, kids bath um, above the tub. Uh, which is, you know, it's the cheapest bath, but I like the tile. I thought it was cool. Um, the one thing I will say is that the the approach to the front door is going to be messy because uh, there's the basically they, they did big like block steps up uh, or poured steps, I should say. But in between it, you've got dirt and plants, right? So yeah. like I'm thinking from like a kid perspective, I'm like, shit, my kids are going to track so much crap into the house yeah. from that. And I was like, that's. They should have lined it with gravel or some sort of, you know, they did decorative black stone in the back in between the pads. I thought they should have done that up front just from a, you know, I guess a usability perspective. The other thing that having built a white house like this of my own, um, you learn a few things and uh, I'm sure he's aware of this, but you got to enclose your soffits when you build white houses. And they didn't do that because if you look up at the soffits and most people will never notice this. So to his defense. Yeah. You know, that's the case. I wouldn't have noticed if that. you look up at the soffits on these, um, if it's painted white, all the imperfections on the framing, the wood, the nails that are popping out, you see it all because white brightens it all. And then eventually those soffits can start to yellow um, over time. So you got to enclose the soffits. And if you enclose them, uh, it, which the next house down the street, um, the more um, contemporary one did, it just gives it a much cleaner look. So I felt like they were really going for that super, you know, uber great look. And I just felt like they should have enclosed the soffits to help with that. Gotcha. Yeah. Good, good observations, Tucker. Um, couple things. Um, I, I liked, there was an innovation he had in the, 
Oh, well, let me tell you another thing. I talked to Randy about this. One thing I thought it was interesting. One thing he was proud of with his outdoor living area was he, he, he talked about how he moved the barbecue away from the outdoor living area. He said, he said, you know, a lot of homes, they put the barbecue right there where you're sitting. And I just think, you know, they get ugly. And, 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 and so he, he purposefully kind of moved it over to the kitchen area. I, it made sense to me. It was kind of an interesting thing. He, he, he was proud of, um, I liked the window that opened off the kitchen area. It's not really the kitchen. It's kind of a room off the kitchen. And by the way, it was a really cool room. Now, from a functionality standpoint, there was a couple things about this house I'm not sure of. I think they, they sound good on paper, but I'm not sure of them. And we'll get to the she shed in, in a second here because I think it's one of them. <laughs> but um, that room off the kitchen was really cool. It had a really good feel to it. I don't know how you use it, but... That window that opened off of it was innovative and cool, and and I thought that was that was a nice touch. Um, let's talk about the she shed, Tucker. What do you think of that? Well, first off, the window looked cool for the show. I doubt it will ever get opened. <laughs> if somebody buys it. I, but, I'm not disagreeing with you there. I, I, it's I, a show house, so you got to have show things to wow people, or at least be out of the ordinary. So you know, I got to defend that. Um, the she shed. I don't think there's a woman on this planet that would actually use a she shed. I, uh, I really don't. I think that that's like a just a uh, social media myth that, that looks good for a picture, but it ends up housing just a bunch of shit at the end of the day. I agree. I, I mean, I had I had gals arguing with me that oh my gosh, I would use it all the time, and I'm just like, what for what? Like, and 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 I get okay. You want to be alone? You want to be with your friends? Well, why don't you go in an upstairs bonus room? Why does it have to be in the backyard in a separate structure that requires all new framing? It just doesn't seem like an efficient use of money in building a house. Yeah, um, I I just I mean again, it's it's a show house, so you got to do things to attract people's attention. I think ultimately it won't be a she shed; it'll be a he shed <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah, uh, whoever buys it. Because you got to store stuff, and it's just going to be a storage shed at the end of the day. Yeah. So I wasn't, you know, I, I'm I'm not sold on the idea that my I need to have a she shed, nor do I think you know every buyer out there needs to have a she shed. But it was an interesting little add-in. Um, it was a tiny lot, unfortunately, really, really small. Like when you walk out the back door, I mean, you're you're quickly approaching the fence. Um, I liked the the pant. I, I made a note here that I thought the pantry seemed more decorative than functional. Um, I like the herringbone floors. Um, great laundry room. I do like a great laundry room, and I think one thing that really set, I, in my mind, what sets great laundry rooms apart from not so great ones is windows. It's kind of nice to have some natural light in the laundry room. There was a couple homes in the show that had big laundry rooms, but there was no natural light and. This one did. It had some. It, it had a great laundry room. I think there's a mud room right off of it. I liked the windows in the closet, but I wondered if they needed blinds. <laughs> um, yeah, eventually they would. Yes. I liked the upstairs landing. He did do an RV garage, so that was the only one there that did that. So um, if you have an RV or a super hopped up truck you can put it in your rv garage um so i i was walking with somebody i was like well why didn't they just attach it and uh, i was like well the way they did the window upstairs on the if you're looking at the house the far right side it it just would have made it more challenging i don't know what their you know requirements were as far as lock coverage setbacks things like that uh, i they probably could have attached it but it made it so that they could make 
the house architecturally probably more desirable looking if they detached it and then still maintain their setbacks to the right side of the lot. Um, but I like the idea of the um, you know RV garage. I think that uh, people will like that because it, again, it's just it's another place to put stuff. No, I, very doubtful whoever buys that's going to have an RV, but uh, you know they may. So who knows? Yeah. Yep. So last one. Let's move on. Everett Custom Homes. Um, this one was priced at about one five. Um, I have some notes here. Oh, it was the more contemporary modern one. That's right. Yeah. Um, it had the interesting wine display, um, which I think is cool, but what, I don't know. I, I think that could go both ways. Like, I think, I think it definitely pigeonholes your buyers. Um, and it, I mean, do you remember, what did you think of that wine display, Tucker? I mean, it, I mean, I mean it's, it's definitely a focal point. Like you better have nice looking wine, I guess is, is where I'm going with that. I think it's for some buyers, they love it for other ones. They're like, what do I do with it? So, yeah. you know, the house that was next to us at Street of Dreams when we did it ended up selling that house to a very notable blazer um, because it had that, um, yeah. you know, on the resale of it. So, you know, wine displays like that are kind of you love it or you're like, what the hell do I do with it? And so as long as a person that buys a house says I love it because I like to drink wine, then it works out. Yeah, it's just um, <clears throat> I, I guess what I I mean, wine like you have all these different labels of wine and, and it's not to say they're not good wines, but do the labels match? Do they you know, are they aesthetically something you want centered in your house or do you want, you know, a nice, a great wine cellar where you can, you know, go to and, and there they are. So I, I just think it's a, I think you it becomes challenging to make it a a decoration in your house or something or a, a centerpiece. Um, in that, you know, you, you open up a lot of, um, a lot of risk there. Um, it was, uh, it had the white and black front, like, like a lot of them. Um, it was, it had a formal sitting area to your left, which I thought was interesting. You know, builders have really in the last 10, 15, 20 years, they've really gone away from the formal living room. And, uh, they they kind of had it there, the, you know the the room that nobody uses there as you enter on the left. Oh yeah, did you notice that? I did, and it is definitely a room that nobody uses <laughs> most yeah. of the time. They had the corner outdoor um, outdoor access again. Um, they had waterfall islands. Uh, I like that where the uh, the um, the countertop um, the, the the granite or the quartz whatever it was uh kind of float on down the sides. I believe they did not get the TV right though. Yeah, I don't I don't have notes on that one. I don't remember that one. They had black stainless appliances. What do you think of those, Tucker? Um, they're cool. I thought they were different. I mean, you you'd go to the show to see different stuff, right? So yeah. if they do something different, I got to give guys credit for that. Um, I thought I was hoping to see some of the new white appliances that have come out and yeah. I didn't. And uh, yeah. we're going to be doing those in one of our Lake Oswego houses. Um, but I thought somebody would take a, you know, risk or push the envelope and do some of that. But I didn't see it, unfortunately. Standard TV and appliance has a booth at the show. They have them there on display. I was, I was actually waiting on some friends as we were leaving on Monday. And so I was kind of standing right there by standard TV and appliance. And one of my friends like was finishing up eating. And so I said, so I said, Hey, I'm just going to check out what these guys have. And I was talking to them for a while. They're nice, nice people. They had those white ones and I really liked the look of them. And I, I do believe that stainless appliances have had a great run and it's time for them to cycle out and, 
And I think something is going to replace them. And, and I think that white could be it. It's kind of interesting. You know, it's, it goes back to the whole thing that, you know, trends cycle back in and out. And we used to, we used to always have white appliances and black appliances. Then we, we got rid of those and we went to stainless. Well, it's almost like with the stainless black, and that that white I, you might start to see that and i thought it was a really good look on those white appliances so if you're at the show go check out the standard tv and appliance booth and see their white appliances they are pretty darn cool looking Absolutely. they have kind of the uh it's not brass but it's that goldish handles and stuff on them yeah oh yeah and or if you're curious what they look like in a house we're gonna have one in first edition done here very shortly so you'll be able to see it so yep um but that's pretty much the show um and those are the houses uh so what's in, in summation here because i've got to wrap it up and get to what i got to do but what was your favorite i think i think it was uh number three i think it was west hills i think it's the one that i could most envision um and by the way one thing i did i did have on that that i was disappointed in they had the big lot do you remember that one yep they had a huge backyard. I wish they'd put a swimming pool in there. Man, if if they had put a swimming pool pool in there, a good-looking swimming pool with some cool features, it would have been the the show's runaway favorite. But it also probably would have pushed them up to $2 million. So I, I get why they didn't. But um, that and, – and I guess that's another reason it's one of my favorites is because it did have the large lot versus Randy's house, which – I thought, you know, there was cool components to that, but the, the lot is so small and you can never change the lot, right? Um, whereas on the this West Hills one, you could buy that and you could add a great swimming pool there. There's definitely a, a way to do that. So I would have to say number three, West Hills, the meadow was my favorite. I think uh, for me, it's kind of a mix of Randy's and West Hills. Um, I wasn't... You know, I didn't have a runaway favorite, let's say. Yeah. So I'm kind of split. I yep. think that's where the, that's where it goes. Both the both of them are modern farmhouses, and um, I, I liked elements of both of them. There were some things I didn't like about both of them, but you know, that's normal for anybody that builds a house. Um, but I think those are my probably top two, and then the one uh, that Everett did um, is probably in the top three. If I'm going to pick three, that's the three. I did like the exterior of number one. I thought they did a good job there, but it got a little weird inside in spots, but it was a custom. So I don't know. There are elements about all of them that I liked. There were elements about all of them I didn't like. I don't know. I'm not a judge, so you have, <laughs> I, don't have to, I don't have to pick. I have one last question for you, Tucker. One thing you're going to take from the show and you're going to put in your next great house. Um, I was looking for it. Didn't find it. So, she should. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I was looking for it. Yeah, I mean, here's the reality is that a lot of the stuff that we we do stuff that maybe hasn't been seen yet. And uh, we did when we did Street of Dreams. And what we found out is that judging is based on familiarity. And so if people haven't seen it yet, it takes them a while to warm up to it sometimes. And totally. so, it, you know, we did stuff that was, you know, is now still being done by builders, but it was kind of new then, like wallpaper, right? Um, yeah. And so... You know, we, the, a lot of the stuff that you see has already been done, and yeah. it, that's why people do it is because you get judged based on familiarity, and so they just do different versions of what's already been done. So I didn't really see anything this year. I did take some tile away last year that we used that uh, Phil uh, Polish used last year, which I thought was awesome tile um, that we're using in our Duntor project right now. But um, other than that, I, you know, nothing that I saw that we're going to implement Im immediately, but that doesn't mean it. you know, there aren't things that other people won't love and won't take. So mm -hmm. Cool. Okay. So, all right, well, that's, that's episode 99. We'll put a bow on this. We'll have a big episode 100 coming your way. 
sorry it took us a while to get this out but you know life's busy things are busy we got jobs and things that we do <laughs> companies we run but uh we'll have a great episode 100 for you coming up and uh we'll see you all then Thanks again for listening to our show and make sure to tune in next week for another great episode of the Portland Real Estate Podcast.